absolute power corrupts absolutely. Welcome once again to the hour that you all, hour and a half, I should say, you all been waiting for on a Sunday morning. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and this is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again because that's what I do. 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT, and that's me. Got a great show in store for you today. Danger for those Andrew Luck um, owners. He's not playing. I'll put that right out there. So I hope you got an ample backup. And that's a big hit for a lot of people who play Andrew Luck, unless you got somebody like Carson Palmer, like I do, as a backup, or whoever. Matt Hasselback is playing, hasn't played, hasn't started a game since 2012. Uh oh. Here comes the Frank Gore owners with a big smile on their face. Anyway, we got a bunch of those type of things happening in the NFL and fantasy football, and that's what we're going to do. Along with myself, I have my esteemed host and co-host for today, co-host, Mr. Victor Gardner. Welcome to the, uh, FSP. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm sacrificing just like Mystical says, bang. Just watch your back. Watch your back, boy. Watch your back. Absolutely. Uh, we, we we appreciate it. He's joining me and going to give his uh, input uh, and and uh, um, expertise on what he thinks of uh, each and every matchup. And we're going to go to each and every matchup. He may not be here the whole time because he's got other obligations that may uh, force him to uh, bow out during the show, but that's okay. I'm here to give you... Um, week four. Week four. Now, people are, uh, remember, Tom Brady ain't playing this week. Patriots on a bye. Um, so don't expect any 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 uh, Patriots to, in your lineup. Uh, the Tennessee Titans ain't playing. So if you got Marcus Mariota or some other players like, um, Ken, Kenjo Wright uh, or uh, uh, Delaney Walker or whatever those running backs. And I want to give you a running back from that team that you should pick up. Um, and he's not named Bishop Sankey. Trust me. Uh, they ain't playing this week. So you push them off to the side. And hopefully you got somebody to, to jump in your lineup for this week because the bye week started. And this is bye week, the first week uh, of the byes, which is week four. But we got plenty of action that's taking place, including a 9:30 game that's taking place right now, where I do believe the Dolphins are losing to the Jets seven to nothing. Um, excuse me. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's seven nothing. 
And uh, the Dolphins are in serious trouble. If Supposedly, the scuttlebutt is that if uh, the Dolphins lose this game decisively, uh, that uh, Joe Philbin may be gone. I have to believe if, if the Dolphins lose this game, whether it's decisively or not, this is my belief, and Victor, you may want to jump in, that uh, Mr. Um, Philbin, the coach Philbin. of the yeah. – uh, Joe Philbin, uh, the coach of the Dolphins happens to lose, his team happens to lose, that uh, a change of scenery for him and some of his coaching staff may be in order. So we just um, have to wait and see. Have to wait and see about that. What's, your, what's up, man? Here's what I think about that, real quick. And yeah. you forgot to go right ahead. Shady McCoy. McCoy isn't playing either today. So nope. Get, Sammy Watkins is out too. Name is. We, we get yeah. to those. Okay. Um, well, here's the deal with with, with Philbin. Um, if you throw away Joe Philbin, you're telling everybody that team. All this and Dominic and Sue, but uh, hey, we failed. In effect, you'll be telling them the same thing that Chicago has told its fan base. Jared mm-hmm. Allen gone. He's gone to yep. uh, to the Panthers, yep. and this is what I'm hearing. And uh, more after and all the other guys too. What? Alshon Jeff. Was Matt on the market for draft picks next yep. year, and it's ten nothing. Ten nothing. Uh, they just got a field goal, uh, yep. but the this it's a buyer's market for for uh, the Bears as well as um, a coach in Miami. Joe Philbin, he's always had an issue with relating to the. Uh, players. Um, if you know college football, Illinois, the Illini, they just fired their coach for mistreating the players. Um, I know it's college, but it's the mindset. If you can't capture the integrity of the players, you're going to become ineffective and it's going to be time to replace a couple years ago, his first season be quite honest. Um, so, and to think, you know, they need players like Alshon Jeffries and, and Matt Forte to help with that offense. Ryan Tennant is not the answer, but a lot of money to stay around. Well, I think that, you know, tell you the truth, Vic, I think they have the players. I really believe they have the players. I think it's the overall mindset or attitude of the coaching uh, that, and I don't want to get on this on too for too long because I want to get into the picks uh, uh, to the fantasy uh, portion of this, but um, that you have a science teacher approach and demeanor that's coaching a football team, in my in my opinion. Uh, if you can understand what I'm saying. Um, you got a guy that's um, a Tom Landry type of coach. Uh, is is uh, cool, calm, and collected, which is fine. Uh, but 
for the teams that are, for the most part, successful, or the team, or the coaches that that have a, uh, some fire in them, uh, not just in their attitude, but in the, what what they say and, and their demeanor. And I don't see that out of uh, the coaching, especially the head coach, who's supposed to set the tone. Um, and you need you need a coach that is going to, like I said, show some type of fire, um, and, and that that uh, t- players can believe in. Um, this coaching staff is the head coach. Uh, just look at the history of the, the situations that took place and how it was handled. Not a good, not a good track record, and uh, this is probably the first and last head coaching job this guy's ever going to have. Um, so I agree. I mean, so, if you think about it, and I know you want to get off of this, but yes. uh, Landry, Jarvis Landry is a very good fantasy talent. Mm-hmm. Getting the type of help that he needs to be uh, a household name. Um, mm-hmm. Lamar Miller, a lot of people thought, well, he ended the season well last year. He should do well this year. Not happening. You know, Indominican um, Sue, fantasy owners. Um, I talked about this briefly on Saturday. I thought that Cameron Wick the answer, but really it's July is a player that is having the most fun out there getting all the um, But you can't go to GM anymore because the GM got fired, if I'm not Right. Um, so I guess it is that. And now you're going to talk about your former team. I know you used to have love for yeah, I, t- I told you, Cameron. I didn't, I didn't like Cameron Wake at all, and he he had been he had done nothing, nothing. So, wow. I may not, I mean, I may not know a lot about IDPs, but uh, when you had worked that up about uh, Mr. Wake, uh, I, I just there was no way. Uh, I just, I just thought that uh, um, he wouldn't benefit, and he hasn't from uh, Sue being there. So. Anyway, let's uh, move on. Um, we also have a chat room sitting out there. If you want to jump in the chat room and, and uh, ask a question, put your knowledge in there or make a statement, you can do that. Remember, what you put in there is what you get out. So that's all I got to say about that. All right, let's get into this. The first game on the docket <clears throat> excuse me, um, would be the, uh, quite naturally, the Jets and Dolphins. I'm not going to talk about that because the game's in progress. Um, you, you got your set, your lineup set in that, and, and it is what it is. Uh, we'll talk about what I talked about earlier in the show. It's a division game, one o'clock games. Quite naturally, weather has no issue, uh, even though um, remnants of some um, pretty um, severe storms are still around on the east east coast. Um, Hurricane Joaquin uh, looks like it's not going to play a major. Um, uh, play major force in uh, any of these games uh, as originally um, thought about, but ne- here, neither here nor there would be this game. It's in uh, um, in Indianapolis. Uh, like I said, it's the Jaguars and the uh, Colts division game. AFC South. Everybody is one and two in this division, uh, and uh, so each game is very extremely important, especially divisional games. And uh, Andrew Luck is in playing. Matt Hasselback, like I said, 2012 is the last time he started a game. 
Now, if you're desperate, and I'm saying if you're desperate, because the fact is the Indianapolis Colts do have a lot of weapons. If you're desperate, if for some for godforsaken reason that you haven't picked up a quarterback off the waiver wire or you've had one on your um, bench uh, just in case Andrew Luck um, got hurt or Andrew Luck's bye week, you 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 can put him in. But you know what? And, and, and I, I know this is probably a bold statement, but I'm going to put it out there because I do believe he's probably one of the best backups in the NFL, in Matt Hasselback, uh, Wiley veteran, been in the Super Bowl, um, and, and he's been around quite a while. I think he's close to 40, if not 40. Um, uh, could, could be a decent double-digit um, replacement uh, for a quarterback um, if you are d- desperate. And I'm saying desperate because I'm pretty sure maybe Derek Carr or somebody else could be out there. Um, even Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Dolphins, it could probably be a decent um, pickup. Uh, you could play him. But it's got to be a desperate situation. But the guys I'm looking to play in here are quite naturally Dante Moncrief. Um, it would be um, uh, um, Ty uh, T Y Hilton. It would be um, who I think is going to. Uh, I think he's pretty pretty much back to where he was before, and shouldn't show any remnants of the the injury that um, he had a few weeks ago, and. Hot seat is on there for Chuck Pagano also. So I think uh, both these guys uh, can get into the end zone. I, I think, to tell you the truth, I think both of them got, both these guys get into the end zone because I think it's a passing offense. Even though Matt Hasselbeck's in there, I don't think Pep Hamilton's going to change that much uh, against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, quite naturally, Frank Gore is going to be involved. I think I think he gets into the end zone. I, I, I'm, I'm calling everybody to get into the end zone, it sounds like, right? I like Frank Gore in this game big time because I think they're going to lean on a run in, in, uh, in, the, in the beginning of the game, try to soften up the defense in order to give Matt Hasselback some play action and be able to push the ball down the field to um, T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief. Notice I haven't mentioned any, any um, Andre Johnson because in the last three weeks he's been a non-factor. All those Andre Johnson fans, including myself, who thought he's moving over to the best um, quarterback he's had since he's been in the league. Well, if you've watched Andre Johnson, and I happen to have traded him away, um, believe it or not, I got somebody to trade with me to, to take him off my hands to pick someone else up who had a uh, uh, who is also uh, basically replacing a um, a um, aging wide receiver in, in another uh, pretty high how how powered passing offense um that Andre Johnson looks like he's he's uh, lost a step or two now I'm not saying that during the year that Mr. Johnson won't have a uh, a good week or two but the first 3 weeks where you would think they would come blazing out and feature their new toy just like they try to do with Frank Gore Mr. Johnson has been struggling to get open. And 
don't see it doesn't seem like he's really on the same page as uh Andrew Luck up until this point. Um now watch when uh, I say this when the game's played Andre Johnson has has a huge game. I don't think that's going to happen because they have some young toys in out there and especially the rookie too, Philip Dorsett. Uh they have TY Hilton and Dante Moncrief who both all three of these guys have a ton of speed. Young and and, and ready to run. Let me put it that way. So I'm calling for Frank Gore to get into the uh, end zone. I'm calling for T.Y. Hilton to to follow him, uh, plus probably about seven or eight catches, uh, about uh, over 100 yards in in the receiving part of it. Yeah, yeah, this is maybe bold because this is Matt Hasselbeck, but I'm still thinking that Pep Hamilton has confidence in Matt Hasselbeck, even though he hasn't started the game since 2012. But he's a seasoned veteran ready to come in when it's, when it's, when he's called upon. Now, like I said, I think he's one of the best backups in the in the uh, in the uh, NFL, and uh, he may start off slow in this game just to get his feet wet, and then um, start uh, pushing the ball down the field. I think Moncrief gets about five or six catches, sixty to seventy yards, and um, I'd be happy with a one touchdown. And uh, I think the one that may take a hit here would be uh, Kobe Fleener. Um, because he had a good, very good rapport with Andrew Luck, but I think uh, Matt Hasselback it may be a different story. Um, on the other side of the ball, and I'll get to you in a minute, Vic. On the other side of the ball, okay. I, I, you know, they got a bunch of young guns in here, and I think uh, they could be run on. In, talking about Indianapolis, and um, I like Ty Yeldon. Um, he's getting been a, uh, he's been getting a ton of work, um, and I think uh, against this bad. Defense in uh, Indy, I think he, in the beginning, it, it, he'll be able to get his yards, uh, 50, 60 yards. He's also involved in, in the passing game. Uh, the only unfortunate thing is he, I think he's a, um, a flex option in this game. Uh, I don't see him possibly get into the end zone. I think the only way they get into the end zone is through their uh, wide receiving core. And, of course, their, their number one wide receiver is Allen Robinson, and I think he gets the, uh, um, he gets his hundred, he gets his uh, uh, four or five catches, and he gets a trip into the end zone. And I talked about this other guy, number eighty-eight, and and he's like the um, who is that guy when he when he catches a pass in the end zone, and, and he's been doing it week after week, um, and sooner or later, I, I've talked about him. I think for the last couple of weeks. Sooner or later, people are going to start taking notice if they haven't already. I'm talking about number 88, uh, Alan Hearns. He, they got two guys that are e- extremely talented on on either side of the formation in the wide receivers, and Alan Robinson and Alan uh, Hearns. So Alan Hearns, if you if you want to buy, you don't have Kendall Wright, you don't have Julian Edelman, you don't have I'm trying to think who else may be out there that uh, uh, that uh, that that either hurt or uh, you don't have a Devontae Adams because he looks like he may not play this week. Um, if Alan Hearns is a strong possibility being on, on on the waiver wire and not on somebody's bench, put him in the lineup and have the utmost confidence that I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing he gets into the end zone. Vic. Talk to me about Jacksonville versus Indy. 
Okay, firstly, I want to tell you, um, because Hasselback is a 40-something-year-old player, he's going to look to Andre Johnson. He's going to. Um, I do agree that Pep Hamilton is probably going to go back to the run game and use uh, as much Frank Gore as possible. But T.Y. Hilton is mainly their down-the-field guy. He's the one that I think is going to suffer in this whole ordeal. I honestly think that uh, since Dwayne Allen might be playing, um, because he has not been ruled out, that uh, he and Felina will be highly used and Moncrief and T.Y. will probably be the ones that suffer the most in this. Now, um, just as we were coming on air, uh, there was a report that no one, uh, they tried to talk to Matt Hasselback, and he said nobody told him that he was starting just yet. So um, I don't know if it's official official, but apparently it's getting reported as official that Hasselback is starting. Um, so uh, he heard it first from a reporter and not the the head coach or the uh, his position coach. So we'll see about that as far as Jacksonville goes. Um, Yeldon is a good play. I do agree there that he's a good play here, uh, mainly because Indianapolis doesn't stop the run that well. Um, now, on the other hand of it, or the receiver side, yes, Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson are two very young and upcoming receivers and they should do well here. Um, now, the thing is, Vontae Davis is no slouch, and neither is the other cornerback on the other side of uh, of him. So I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at Mercedes Lewis. That's who I'm looking at. Um, there are some, some tight ends, such as Gronk, who's on bye week or, um, you know, not playing this week because of injuries, uh, like Ladarius Green. He's not playing. Uh, mm-hmm. He might play, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. But I, I would look at uh, him as a guy to fill a need if uh, if he's there. Um, again, with Julius Thomas out for another week because of his hand, he's going to be a main target for them. And uh, Indianapolis cannot cover the tight end. They, they can't. So um, I think that will be a good option for the quarterback of Jacksonville to get to. Um, with that being said, fantasy value in this game does go to, in my opinion, on the uh, Colts side to the older players because uh, I, I don't think the Hasselbacks are able to get the ball down the field to, to T.Y. or Moncrief. So I'm looking at intermediate passes becoming the bread and butter for the next couple of weeks uh, until, you know, Andrew Luck is, is cleared to play. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next game, the Battle of New York. Talking about the New York Giants against the uh, um, feisty Buffalo Bills led by uh, Rex Ryan. Um, the Giants are going to Buffalo. Uh, the Lions then, um, they play absolutely lights out. Uh, in, in Buffalo, and I don't see anything changing here. Uh, it's going to be about mid-50s, high-50s, mostly cloudy. <clears throat> perfect football weather, perfect defensive football weather. And uh, from what I'm seeing here, <clears throat> I think Eli is going to 
uh, have a tough day. I think, but but I think the only way he's going to be able to do anything in here is through to uh, um, pass the football. Now the Bills have a uh, ferocious pass rush, um, but I think that the um, New York Football Giants um, are going to have to pass the ball, and I think Eli gets to about 270 yards and throws for a couple touchdowns. If it was me, I wouldn't be playing Eli, but uh, um, I, I think he, he – he, and I, and I mean, it may sound like a contradiction in terms when I'm calling him like he's going to throw a couple of touchdowns and almost close to 300 yards. But <clears throat> um, no Victor Cruz, uh, Ruben Randall, and, and uh, Odin Be- Beckham are the strongest um, – uh, passing options or, or pass receiving options. Um, Victor Cruz is still out indefinitely now because he had a setback with his, uh, <clears throat> his uh, I think it's quad, or whatever it is. Um, and uh, Ruben R- Randall broke out last week. So I think Eli is going to be mo- moving more and more, I would say away from Odell Beckham, but he's got another option. And I think both these guys are going to be have to, have to c- catch the ball because I think the uh, – the Buffalo Bills, who definitely like to run the ball, and I think the uh, Giants are going to be playing from behind. I think the garbage points is good fantasy points, regardless of where you, uh, if it's if they're um, up by twenty or down by twenty. Um, so I think the Giants are going to have to be passing the ball. Um, so I like uh, Odell Beckham quite naturally. That's that's a no brainer. Um, if like I said. In the uh, previous game, I think that if you have a uh, wide receiver, and some people are playing Ruben Randall. They played him last week uh, and, and benefited from that. A lot of them didn't because he hadn't shown anything in the previous two weeks. That uh, it finally has gotten some confidence in Ruben Randall and put him in a lineup as a wide receiver three uh, with some upside. Uh, I don't see anybody else other than those three characters. I don't like the two running backs. Uh, Rashad Jennings may be uh, uh, losing his job to Andre Williams. So that's up in the air, that mishmash uh, running back uh, um, situation. Hasn't completely played out yet. Shane Vereen, uh, you don't know what you're going to get from Shane Vereen. Uh, I wouldn't even – guarantee you any double digits from him. So I don't like really like Shane Vereen or Rashad Jennings in here. And uh, Andre Williams is a touchdown vulture. So I, I can see him getting into the end zone uh, possibly, but uh, this is a pretty stout Buffalo Bill defense. And um, it's going to be tough for the Giants in this environment to uh, run the football. That's why I'm saying I think they're going to benefit in the passing game. Um, on the other side, I talked about this kid, I think from the beginning of the season, um, who was the surprise pick by a lot of people since they had E.J. Manuel and they brought in Matt Castle, that uh, Tyrod Taylor would be the starting quarterback. But he is. And he's been balling. I call this guy, I don't know if I told you, Vic, but I call this guy the new, uh, this year's Michael Vick. Um, 
this guy can run the football when he needs to, and uh, he can definitely pass with the best of them. Def- definitely pass with the best of them. Um, and uh, and I would say he's probably in the passing game, accuracy, it, 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 and this is what I'm talking about, in accuracy, he's better than Michael Vick in, in the accuracy part of it. Um, I see him throwing for over, he can he's going to definitely, uh, in my opinion, throw for over 300 yards. Uh, uh, probably one touchdown, probably running another touchdown. I mean, that's how versatile he is, and that's how weak the, I think the Giants is. I think um, Buffalo is going to uh, uh, run, 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 just like Met, just like uh, Rex always does with his teams. And the fact is that I'm sure McCoy and Sammy Watkins are officially out of this game. Um, Carlos Williams, the, who was the ample backup last week, who who balled out last week, is going to do the same thing against this uh, uh, not too strong. Giant defense, hundred yards and a touchdown. Uh, <clears throat> I see, uh, and this guy I really don't like, but I have to admit it that uh, he's got a rapport with uh, um, Tyrod Taylor. I'm talking about Percy Harvin. Um, I think he uh, gets the double digits in here, and uh, if it could, there, there's no doubt in my mind that the, they'll take a shot down the field with Percy Harvin, and, and he, about visiting uh, the uh, end zone. And one guy in here, uh, also the uh, tight end, Charles Clay, happens to be a favorite target of uh, Tyrod Taylor, and I see him getting five or six catches, 50 to 60 yards, and in a a visit into the end zone. So if you surmise all all the visits to the end zones, then you can surmise who I thought is going to win this game I don't pick games on this on this show. I just pick uh, fantasy uh, relevancy and points. Talk to me, Victor. Well, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Mr. FSPDU proudly presents the game of the week. Yes, Carlos Williams is going to be that player you want to pick up off the waiver wire if you don't have him already. So it's Percy Harvin. Tyrod Taylor, I told a lot of people, a lot of people, that this guy was going to be uh, – once he won the job and he would be uh, the player you might want to stash on your bench as a uh, backup just in case he didn't pan out too easy you drop him pick up somebody else but right now fantasy wise he's just behind Aaron Rodgers in a lot of fantasy leagues if you're doing PPRs okay now if you're doing a more traditional league he's not quite up there but he is one of those players you want to keep your eye on as Jerry told you, you know, uh, you have several key players for Buffalo out, namely Shady McCoy and Sammy Watkins. That means Josh Reed, not Josh Reed. Um, I forgot the young man's name, but his last name is Reed. He's going to be a big component along with Charles Clay for Buffalo because Charles Clay is a big uh, target for Tyrod Taylor along with Percy Harvin. Now, on the flip side of that, um, Buffalo's secondary has not been that good at no. all. Um, nope. I don't li- no. I, I, I don't like Ruben Randall because he's not consistent. Um, but this is this might be a game that he can do some damage. Uh Odell Beckham will probably get off as well. Larry Donnell 
is the guy that uh, is the tight end for Buffalo. I mean, not for Buffalo. For I see him doing pretty well. I, too, do not like the three-headed running back monster in New York because they don't have enough time to get into a rhythm to have a running game. It's a mess. Um, if you notice, New York comes out for the first three quarters and balls out. Fourth quarter, they fall flat. Um yep. They were very fortunate last week to play Kirk Cousins um, because all they had to do was play man defense. Literally, they played a lot of man defense, and they beat him because when they were playing zone, he could not complete – I mean, he completed passes. But when it was man coverage, he couldn't do anything. But uh, Tyrod Taylor is a hybrid. You compare him to Michael Vick, but better. I'm going to compare him to uh, Russell Wilson. Both okay. are able to scramble, throw the yep. ball down the field, and uh, be accurate with the ball. Now, Tyrod came out before Russell. He was set to be the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. He got sick. Joe Flacco took his job, and the rest is history. So right. Tyrod has been around for a while. He's needed another opportunity to be the starting quarterback. He got it. Rex is going to keep him there um, because he's just – he is he's a real true talent coming out of Ohio State um a while ago. Uh, irrelevance here. Um I'll tell you like this. I play Buffalo's defense. I would play Buffalo's defense because I don't think uh the Giants are gonna do that well in this game period. Um do I see a bunch of points on the board? No, I really don't. For either side. Um but the Giants have – I don't know what it is. They have a fourth-quarter collapse. I don't know what Spagnolia is, is doing or teaching them, but Buffalo's going to win the game. It's, it's just a matter of who's going to be the start. I think it's going to be Charles Clay. If you notice how Jordan Reed kept getting open um, against the Giants, if Kirk Cousins had a little bit more on the ball or if he was a little more accurate, Josh Reed – or uh or Mr. Reed would have had a uh a a career Monster game. game. Charles yep. Clay. Yeah. Charles Clay will be that guy this time. I hear the music, mm-hmm. so I think Jerry's going to a break. No, I'm not going to music. I'm just I'm just playing some background music, that's all. If it's too loud I'm just uh Oh, okay. No, no, you good, you good, you good. Okay. I'm it's keeping me up. It's probably uh, going over me snoring because I'm quite sure I'm gonna be snoring in a little bit. <laughs> Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> if I do start snoring, though, if I do start Am snoring, I boring you? Let me put it this way. Am I boring you that much, my man? You, you, you know it ain't that. You know it ain't that. Don't even play that way. But you probably are. But no. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, uh, um, let's move on to the next game. Um, <clears throat> another division game being played in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm talking about the Carolina Panthers visiting the uh, resurgent Tampa Bay Buccaneers who ha- manhandled, uh, uh, um, I think New Orleans last your week. Texans? New Orleans? No, yeah, it no, was your no, Texans they, 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 they played played my uh, Texans even though they lost the game. Uh, they played a surprise game. They played two surprise games to me, back to back, and now they're going against the, the division leader uh, Carolina Panthers uh, and Cam Newton who I think is having one of his years um, and and, uh, a Cam type of year. 
Uh, hopefully he can, he can get a, a call from a ref uh, this game. Um, and it's not um, Mr. Uh, Hockley. I don't think he's going to be ref in this game. Uh, anyway, and, and I do believe he, he, Hockley did say that um, by the reaction that Cam had it when, when he, they were talking to each other. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think Cam throws a couple touchdowns. I throw, I think he quite naturally. Um, the running game hasn't been what it, what what they would like it to be. Jonathan Stewart has not had a good game through the three first three games. He's he's been fifty two and sixty five yards uh, respectively, um, and he had no role as a receiver and has yet to score a touchdown. So what's that telling me? That's telling me that Cam Newton is their running threat. Um and he Jonathan Stewart is dealing with a a um knee issue, which is nothing new because he never can ever stay healthy. Uh the most games he's played my I think was last year. Um and he finished the year off pretty well, which most people thought since he did that that uh, with the combination of D'Angelo Williams leaving and uh, Jonathan Stewart um, being healthy, that he would start the season on uh, a high note, which he hasn't. So with his injured leg, I think it's a tibia or whatever it is, um, uh, don't be surprised if you see a, more, a little bit more of a Cameron artist pain because they, Mark, Mike Tobert is also – um, dealing with some uh, health issues. So that may be a uh, a running back that you may want to stay away from in Jonathan Stewart. Um, I don't think he quite naturally – he may get his 70 yards, uh, and I think, I think that's from a volume, um, not from any, any dynamics that he may do. I think that's strictly from a volume issue if he is able to uh, go through the game or get through the game. Uh, and quite naturally, I don't think he makes a visit into the end zone. I think the only one who rushes it for, for it is uh, Cam Newton. Um, no, uh, really, a wide receiver, with the exception of Ted Ginn, has been doing anything uh, uh, relevancy. And if you're looking for a wide receiver three and possibly – possibly in a flex position, I would use Ted Ginn because he's going to be used in the passing game uh, in the wide receiver-wise. Now, the main guy on, on this team besides Cam Newton is number 88, and he resides in the tight end position, and Greg Olson had a monster game. Thank you, for Mr. Olson. A monster game last week, and I expect him to keep carrying that on uh, and for you fantasy owners to take advantage of Mr. Olsen um, this week, because they're on a bye next week, um, um, the Carolina Panthers are. So take advantage of, of them while you have them. And uh, so I expect Mr. Olsen to do well here. I think the norm for him, because of the options they have in the receiving uh, part of uh, this offense, is the uh, um, six or seven catches, because he gets targeted a lot. And I think he gets up to the 100-yard um, marker again and a, a trip into the end zone. On the other side, I know I know Vic doesn't like Jameis. Uh, he doesn't think too much of Jameis. Um, and I think Jameis is going to have a hard time in this, this game. 
Uh, he's not a viable starter. He hasn't been a viable starter, in my opinion, the whole fantasy season. Um, uh, maybe the, the latter half, the, the second half of the season, but uh, the early half, it doesn't look like Jameis um, is going to fare well, especially against really good defenses, which Carolina has, even though they're playing in Tampa Bay. The only option I have in here, because Vincent Jackson haven't, hasn't scored a touchdown in a dog's age, would be uh, Mike Evans, because I think uh, um, Jameis Winston has a connection with Mike Evans, two young guys, um, and, and I think they've got a connection. I think he, he gets a visit into the end zone, and Mike Evans, I'm talking about uh, 13, uh, uh, seven catches, about 50, 60 yards, somewhere around there, and a, and a visit into the end zone. Otherwise than that, I'm not too high on on Doug Williams or Charles Sims, who's a two-headed monster um, against this Carolina defense. So I'm thinking that uh, the only option that you have on on the uh, Tampa Bay side would be the um, wide receiver and Mike Evans. Uh, Talk to me, Victor. Doug Williams. You you said Doug Williams. I'm like, didn't I'm I'm sorry, Doug Martin. I said Doug Martin. I said Doug no, Williams. You said Doug Williams. You said Doug Williams. Oh <laughs> uh, no, Doug! I'm looking at I'm looking at Williams, and and, and uh, I don't even know why I said it. Doug Martin, people. Okay, He's the running old, back for. for, for, for <laughs> of course, I'm older. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you just hope you can get to my age. Let me put it that way, buddy. I will. I will. Anyway, okay. Um, I I, I am not a Justin. Winston fan Jameis, Jameis, Jameis. That's exactly what, that was my point, Jerry. That was my point. <laughs> that, that, that was my point, okay? Um, I'm not a fan of his at all. Um, and you just said that you know, Vincent Jackson has a quarter touchdown in the dogs. He, he caught some last year. Um, but I think that Mr. Winston just throws the ball away too much. And what I mean by throwing the ball away is he throws it to the other team, um, and he does, he makes bad decisions. He was lucky that Drew Brees got injured, and he and the Buccaneers beat New Orleans last week. He said he couldn't wait to play against J.J. Watt. Well, played against J.J. Watt, and uh, I believe who won that game? Jerry, did Houston win or did Tampa win? Houston won that game. Okay, thank you very much. Now, um, he's come out and said that Sam Newton is like his mentor or whatever the case may be. So, therefore, you know, uh, he can't wait to play against Cam Newton. And you're right. Ted Ginn Jr. is the only wide receiver threat there because their their supposed first-round draft pick um, has not been able to – Devin Funches, that is, has not been mm-hmm. able to step up and play in the NFL on that level just yet. Um, and Kotri's out. Uh, so, Ted Ginn Jr., yeah, he'll get passes. But, again, we're looking at who they're playing. They're playing Tampa Bay, um, and they have a very weak secondary, very weak. So, Greg Olson should have another good game. He might not, but uh, I, I can see a lot of double-teaming of him, so I'm not, you know, too big on that. Um, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to do well at all, at all. I, I really, really think 
that uh, whether uh, Carolina has a running game or not, it won't even matter. I think they'll control the clock uh, because Mike Tolbert and maybe even Fozzie Whitaker doing a lot of work to, uh, you know, eat up clock, and they're going to slow the game down. They're going to make the Bengals have to beat them because they're not going to be able to run the ball. And I don't think, even with Luke Coochley out, that Jameis Winston can uh, break down this this uh, Carolina defense. Um, but, again, you never know. With that being said, um, fantasy-wise, I, I'm not touching it. I'm not. Only because it's not something that I find appealing. Mike Evans got on board with uh, Jameis, I think, what, last week? But still, I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. Okay. Because um, he still got an end zone. Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's out, and that was his big yeah. target, but he's out as well. So, you know. He won't be, he won't be back for about a month. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's much uh, – fantasy value in this game. But again, I might be wrong. You never know. All right, let's move on to the... For another, uh, 10, for another 10, bro. Excuse me? You got me for another 10. Okay, no problem. Uh, another 10. Okay, right. um, let's move on to... Well, that happens... This is this is a heck of a coincidence. Heck of a coincidence because the next matchup oh. that we're going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And it, it was a coincidence. Trust me, it was a coincidence. I, I had it queued up. I'm looking right at it before while you were talking, um, before you even told me about the 10 minutes. And we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia um, Eagles visiting the Washington Redskins I knew it. and the turmoil with Kirk Cousins and RG3, uh, whether it, this is going to be the demise or the stubbornness of the head coach to keep Kirk Cousins in there. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fantasy relevancy of these two teams and their players. So let me start with the, excuse me, the uh, um, uh, Philadelphia Eagles um, and Mr. Sam Bradford, who hasn't seemed like we thought we, he, we, we thought he had, but it looked like he hasn't grasped the offense or been able to excel in the offense yet. So I wouldn't consider him – against this uh, Washington defense, a viable play. And uh, DeMarco Murray put in two full practices Thursday and Friday, um, but still supposed to be somewhat of a game-time decision, uh, depending on how he warms up. But if he's a uh, he's active, <clears throat> um, I would put him into the – uh, flex position, and this is the reason why. I know that uh, a lot of people may put him into to RB one two, but against this Washington defense and their run, especially their run defense, uh, is one of the best in the league. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, uh, I would temper my expectations, and I know people hate hearing that phrase, but I would. I, this is apropos that I have to use it, that uh, because of the effectiveness of Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles last week, that both of those running backs, including DeMarco, may be splitting a three-way opportunities, um, more so for Darren Sproles in the passing games, 
um, versus the two running running backs and two, the two running, if you could understand what I'm saying, two running running backs in uh, Ryan Matthews and uh, DeMarco Murray. So I would use, and, and, and this may sound crazy, but depending on who you have, it doesn't make a difference because I would use any of these three guys in the flex position because I think they're going to be effective as flex players not an RB1 or quite naturally RB2, but I think they'll be effective in their respective roles in this offense as flex options if you want to use a running back from this team in a flex option. Um, Nelson Aguilar, uh, I don't think in, until he proves something different is it is not what we thought he was going to be. Um, maybe second half of the year, but up until this point, new. Uh, the one to watch here is Jordan Matt Matthews. I think that's the one that's going to be, be able to catch uh, and and uh, get the uh, some double-digit fantasy points in here, five or six catches, 60, 70 yards. And I think Bradford throws his uh, lone touchdown pass to Jordan Matthews, who he, who he likes to target a lot. On the other side of the ball, we have a two-headed running monster, and I think they're going to get back to, to doing this more than they did um, – uh, um, in uh, the last game that Washington played, even though that Philadelphia Eagles do have a decent run defense also, I think both Matt Jones and Alfred Morris uh, um, should be um, fairly effective in here. Who gets the lion's share? Good luck with that. Um, Vic may be able to uh, shed some light on this. Um, I'm feeling two guys in, in this offense that I think are going to take visits to the end zone uh, and uh, be uh, the most effective uh, in this, in this game. I'm talking about Pierre Garçon. I think he's going to get targeted a lot in this game uh, um, and uh, uh, get a visit in the end zone. And of course we talked about it. Vic talked about it earlier. Um, the athletic um, tight end position in Jordan Reed um, who Kirk Cousins likes to throw, even though he's not <laughs> accurate at point at times, uh, gets about 60 to 70 yards with a five or six catches, and hopefully Kirk can find him in the end zone. Talk to me, Victor. Well, this is my favorite team, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm going to say that they're going to lose this game. Um, oh. if, if RG3 is not inserted into the lineup, as far as I know, I know Colt McCoy – having some issues this week, and I don't think he practiced. So RG3 is going to be elevated to the number two QB spot, which is going to prompt a lot of chance of RG3 soon as Kirk Cousins throws an interception. And Kirk Cousins will throw an interception. He has four in three games. And Philadelphia's secondary is pretty good. Uh, They cannot take advantage of Maxwell's uh, terrible man-to-man coverage. Why? Because the quarterback can't throw the ball past 30 yards. If Deshaun Jackson were here, um, I would say, you know, uh, and RG3 was in the game, they would torch him because they would go deep all the time. It's not going to happen. Look for a lot of underneath stuff, which translates into Jordan Reed. Uh, Whether it's Matt Jones or Alfred Morris, that's a problem. I don't like that strategy. Um, You know, Matt Jones has a problem holding on to the ball. That's not a good recipe, especially coming from a rookie running back. 
I would say stick with Alfred Morris, let him go, and let him run it, and bring Matt Jones in occasionally. Um, now, <sighs> on the other side of, of the receiver side with Pierre Garçon or uh, or Ryan Grant or Andre Roberts or whoever it is, I'm not looking for much from them. I'm not. Mainly because I don't believe Kirk Cousins is going to be able to get them the ball as uh, much as I would like. Um, on the flip side with Philadelphia, the one player, and I said one player you really need to worry about is Darren Sproles. Put him at your flex position. Why? Because he's going to be their special teams guy. He's their third down back, and he's always touching the ball regardless. Last week, um, he didn't get the touchdowns or whatever, but he was impactful. Ryan Matthews was the one catching the ball and, and making plays and stuff, which is wonderful. However, however, um, the Redskins can't cover the back out of the backfield. So that doesn't mean DeMarco Murray is going to be getting the rock that way. That doesn't mean that Ryan Matthews isn't going to, is going to be getting the ball that way. That means Darren Sproles will be. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's going to be a home loss. But if you think about uh, how Chip Kelly wants to play, it plays right into the way that uh, Jay Gruden not good at coaching. He he does tempo. He does things that makes you have to throw the ball because you're going to be behind. Um, and that's going to take them right out of what they would like to do, which is smash mouth football. Redskins aren't going to be able to do that. Um, Nelson Aguilar, as well as Jordan Matthews, they've had the case of the drops for the season. Um, I think that gets cured in this game with D'Angelo Hall out. And Brashard Breeland not looking too well against uh, Odell Beckham Jr. last week. I don't trust the risk in secondary. Excuse me. So, with that being said, um, I would play Philly's defense in this game. And I am oh. playing Philly's defense in this game, actually. Okay. So, okay. Uh, that's what that's what I have on that one, JT. Okay. Okay. All right, um, I don't know if you, how much longer I have you for, but um, if you want to go to the next game um, or not, uh, we can do that. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, go to the game before I get out of here. All right, the next game on the agenda is my one of my breakout players of the uh, game of the of the year, fantasy year, and one of the running backs I have talked up quite a bit, and he has not disappointed me at all. And going up against one of the worst defenses in the league, I expect him to have a very good day. We're talking about going to the Windy City uh, and the Raiders moving, going to the Chicago Bears and playing the Chicago Bears. Um, temperature is going to be uh, about the mid-50s, overcast, great football weather, great weather for Latavius Murray and company to run the damn football. And I think if they're going to do that, um, I'm, Mr. Murray is going to have a fine day. And he's one of my – the reason one he's one of my breakout players of the year is because he's a dual threat. And I've always talked about this since you've heard me on, on the air talk about fantasy football. 
is I absolutely love dual threat running backs, and he is involved in the passing game. Most people thought, including my co-host, that Roy Hulu would take away touches from him in the passing game. Well, that not has that not has been the case, or has not been the case, I should say. Yeah, He's inv- yeah, get, get your words right. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I know, and I'm not, I'm not half asleep. I'm wide awake. <laughs> that has not been the case. He is involved in the passing game and including running game. So he's a three down back and a dual threat back at that. So I'm expecting him to get close to 100 yards and visit in the end zone. Besides uh, being able to catch three or four catches for about 20 or 30 yards, a very fine day for Mr. Murray in the neighborhood um, of Chicago. I also like Derek Carr in this, uh, uh, and this is a, this this is probably one of the better. Andrew Luck replacements um, that you can use. Uh, uh, going to Chicago, uh, Derek Carr, uh, it, it would be a very good play, in my opinion, if you don't have a – if you're looking for an Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck replacement. Um, so I play it because I think he throws for over 300 yards and, and, and a couple touchdowns. And one of those touchdowns um, is going to uh, Amari Cooper who, in my opinion, is the uh, best rookie wide receiver um, this year, and I don't think it's even close. Um, guys look like he's been in the league for years. Uh, very polished wide receiver. I think he gets about six or seven catches, gets uh, over 100 yards in this in this uh, game, and has a trip to the friend zone or the end zone, whatever you want to call it. And, 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 and a surprise of a lot of people, including myself, a, a, a veteran who people, a lot of people thought was washed up um, when he was in San Francisco. And I think it's because of uh, extenuating circumstances that was in San, San Francisco. And include maybe an attitude issue also that it seems like uh, Michael Crabtree uh, is, is part of this uh, um, um Renaissance of the Raider offense, um, and and quite naturally against this uh, Bears defense, I think he's going to find some um, space down the field and get five or six catches, 60 to 70 yards. And I, like I said, Derek Carr, I think he throws for a couple touchdowns. The other throwing touchdown, the only receiving touchdown, I think is Michael Crabtree. So, and uh, you know what? There's going to be a lot of Fantasy goodness for the, in my opinion, with the Raiders. I would play Sebastian and Janikowski in this too, because even if they don't move the ball uh, and, and have um, uh, as many visits into the end zone, they'll be able to move the ball enough to get within range of this big leg of Janikowski and uh, uh, pick up some um, long-range field goals along with the extra points that I, that I think are going to follow these touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, there's two guys that I like here because um, Raiders are vulnerable against the pass, especially the tight end. I think they're the worst team against the tight end, or one of the worst teams against the tight end. And I would have to say Martellus Bennett is probably one of the best plays this week in a tight end position going against the Raiders. So I I see Jimmy Clausen, who is a – check down King 
And especially when you have Alshon Jeffrey, your number one receiver in here, um, your best receiving option would be Martellus Bennett. So I think he gets targeted a lot. Targets equal opportunities. Opportunities equals uh, uh, receptions, hopefully. And I think he gets about six or seven of these and and, uh, about 70, 80 yards and a trip in the end zone. And the other, other, excuse me, the only other option I see in here, uh, not the only other, but there's another one, but I'm going to give you that after I give you Matt Forte because the the Raiders can be run on, and I think Matt Forte can visit the end zone um, and also get a uh, uh, 60 to 70 yards in the passing game. And quite naturally, we all know Matt Forte is a dual threat running back. So he'll be involved in the passing game also, especially with Jimmy Clausen as a quarterback. So he gets about four or five catches, about 30 to 40 yards, and that will give him a nice day also. And with um, and this guy's a top 10 um, kicker. He had an off year last year, but he's in rare form this year. He's been banging them. Uh, Mr. Consistency, talking to you about Robbie Gold, um, so I'm thinking that this is his home field, getting him within range, which is 50 yards, uh, at least 50 yards and and, and uh, less, and he can bang home some um, field goals. So he is a good play in the kicking um, um, position on your fantasy team. Victor, it's on you. All right, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I like Mr. Wilson for Chicago. Uh I do agree with you about Martellus Bennett and uh, Matt Forte, but the problem is I think that this is going to be one of the last games you see Matt Forte play for the Chicago Bears. As the trade deadline comes up, I think he too, just like uh, Jared Allen, is out of there. Um, They need to get value for him as well as Alshon Jeffries. Uh, Martellus Bennett signed that big contract, so he might be stuck there for a while too. But... uh, the Raiders know that that's the only person that's available in the passing game. They know that. So Mr. Wilson might be the other option that you have here to play. You never know. Um, but on the other side, I think the Raiders go into Chicago and utterly embarrass them. I really think they get embarrassed. Latavius Murray gets two touchdowns. Amari Cooper gets two touchdowns. And Crabtree goes over a hundred yards. Um, I can honestly say I believe that the Raiders will win this game by maybe 10 points or more. I really think that's going to take place. Uh, out of of this game, you know, well, not outside of this game, but uh, Alshon Jeffries isn't back. Jay Cutler might be back next week. You never know. Um, who else? Uh not Jay Cutler, but um, okay. When Jay Cutler comes back, there'll be nobody to hand the ball off to or throw the ball <laughs> off to because because they're trying to change the culture of the Bears to a John Fox culture, which is run, 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 run. And Matt Forte is not that type of of running back. You can give him the ball twenty five times a game, but then you're neglecting Alshon Jeffries. You're neglecting. Uh, Martellus Bennett. You're neglecting Stevie Johnson. And, you know, none of these guys will be here next year. Or maybe to finish out the year. We'll see. But uh, with that being said, 
Oakland wins this game and their main folks get in the end zone at least twice. I got to get out of here, JT, because I got to catch some Z's so I can get out and uh, do. I'm doing two shifts. I'm doing six to ten, then two to six. Plus, I'm running wow. the station. So, yeah. Wow. So, wow. Well, you're the man. The so, you're the man. It costs to be the boss, buddy. Cost to be the boss. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I appreciate you. I appreciate you spending the time that you did here. Uh, it's always a pleasure listening to you, ladies and gentlemen. We talking about Mr. FSP. Um, catch him 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on every Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, I co-host on that show, and we talk about fantasy uh, this time of year. And each and uh, every uh, football weekend, we talk about wins and losses, who's winning, who's losing, and uh, things of that like. Uh, so catch him hey, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you missed uh, some really good female fights in UFC, dude. You missed them. Did I really? You weren't able to. Did they were some, man? They were some good fights, dude. That's all I can tell. Oh, okay. You. you missed them. Okay. But um, uh, do they do they do any uh, kind of reruns with those things or what? No, nah, those are the pay per views, dude. Those were the pay per views. They, and so, they don't run re, re, rerun pay per view. They, they don't rerun those bouts anywhere. I mean, uh, if you want, if you want to pay for it, sure. But uh, you oh. can go to UFC. Catch the highlights. But oh, okay. One, one with submission in the first round. Uh, one, and this young lady, she's beautiful and she's very talented. She called out Ronda, and I believe, Shit. I honestly believe. I listen, I honestly believe. If, if you know, Ronda's ready to retire, this young lady could replace her. I really believe so. Ronda's not going team. anywhere. She's at the top of her game. She's not going anywhere. Trust me. I and and anybody, it. any woman that calls out Ronda Rousey right now is, is uh, just just stupid. I'll put it that way. Well, uh, she, she, Ronda Rousey's at a type of type of her game and. and I don't see anybody taking her out because uh, she's got a male mentality when she comes up against an opponent. And I hate to I say it like it, that, but Pena is good, bro. Pena, just listen to me. Pena okay. is good. She, okay. she takes punishment, though. She takes too much punishment, but mm-hmm. she is a beast in jiu-jitsu. She's a like third-degree black belt. Uh, mm-hmm. female Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, type. And, you know, she's one of those, you would never guess that she was a fighter because she doesn't have marks on her face and stuff like that. But she, she's she's good, bro. She's good. Oh, I'm disappointed. Anyway. I'm disappointed. I missed well, it. Yeah, I'm disappointed. You, you From what you just told me, I'm dis- very disappointed. You, you should because she was, <laughs> she was getting the, the rear naked choke and and mm-hmm. uh, all this, man, and, and the thing, she's from Venezuela or something like that, but, I mean, she's American, uh, but, you know, heritage and all that other stuff, but she has that background, that fighting mm-hmm. background. Her parents mm-hmm. uh, put her in beauty pageants, and she was winning them, but she decided she wanted to fight. Wow. So, wow. Yes, and she's, she's, she's the winner. If you need to look her up, she's the winner of uh, the first female... Uh, tough enough competition 
135 pounds. She, she's, she's, she's literally beauty is the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. She won the 135-pound weight class for uh, mm-hmm. for for the tournament. Anyway, okay. Uh, I'm I'm about to catch the Z monster. All right, get, get some rest. I know you're old. Get some rest uh, and try to enjoy Whatever. the rest of the day. Um, I'll be I'll be sitting sucking some beers down and watching some football. <laughs> enjoy your Jets. Enjoy your Jets. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not game. even looking. I'm not even looking at that game, man. I, oh, I'm looking at game. My, my wife, in fact, my wife is looking at. I'm looking at her. She's she's watching the game. So, um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I have to reach over and look at it every now and then. But I, I'm not watching. I'm. In fact, the next game I'm talking about. I know you're jumping off the air. Would be the uh, Texans visiting the Atlanta Falcons with any any return of Arian Arian Foster. So, uh, but. <laughs> Thank, thanks for joining me, man. I t- take care. Talk to you later. All right, bro. Bye. Yep. Okay, people. That was uh, Mr. Gardner. He uh, was, gr- excuse me, gracious enough to, to, to hang with us for over an hour. Um, and time difference is about 13 hours difference. So, uh, and he's obligated to do um, his job. Uh, and, quite naturally understand it. It is what it is. All right, let's move on to the next game. And like I said, Arian Foster um, in this uh, Texans versus the Atlanta Falcons is due to make his return. And like I said earlier, and like I had mentioned to a few people texting this morning, I didn't don't expect him to take a full workload. Um, uh, I expect him to take maybe, maybe double-digit carries, but I don't expect him to take an Arian type of uh, foster type of um, um, uh, Aryan type of foster workload uh, because the Texans, besides a game against Atlanta on Sunday, have a divisional game, an important divisional game um, against the uh, Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night football. So this is just a precursor for Aryan Foster to get his feet wet for the Thursday night game. So Arian Foster owners uh, don't expect your typical Arian Foster type uh, um, workload, a game. Um, To me, I can't, I wouldn't be able to trust them. Let me put it that way. I understand that. And and it would be a mistake by the coaching staff. If they get a taste of the good Arian Foster in this game to try to keep them in there, to try to, to get the most out of them, but um, you're playing with pervert verbal fire. Um, the longer you keep them in the game, um, especially against the Atlanta Falcons and at home, I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons at home, which has a really uh, possibility of this game getting out of hand. So you just want to get his feet wet, um, get him into some competition, live competition and in store, unleash Arian Foster against the division rival in the Indianapolis Colts in, um, on Thursday night football. So I wouldn't trust Arian Foster in this game. That's what, basically what I'm saying. Alpha Blue, um, they can uh, run the ball on the uh, Atlanta Falcons, um, who's one of the worst teams against the run. Uh, I would trust Alfred Blue in a flex position because I think he's going to get enough touches and more, enough opportunities to be able to 
be effective and, and even score a touchdown in this game. Uh, the other, quite naturally, the other viable option in this offense in fantasy would be DeAndre Hopkins, who's been keeping, even though it's Ryan Mallett, he's been keeping his number one uh, type wide receiver numbers up. And I expect him to um, get his uh, 60 to 70, maybe 80, could be 90 yards. Uh, quite naturally, he's targeted, targeted a lot. Targets equal opportunity, and opportunity means that uh, uh, I think he catches his uh, his uh, six or seven catches for 70, 80 yards and, and gets to visit um, with a toss from Ryan Mallett into the end zone. Now, I'm, I don't pick winners and losers here, people. I don't pick winners and losers in games. I'm just picking fantasy relevancy, okay? <clears throat> and one of the relevancies, since I'm talking about it, is – a running back from, from the Tennessee Titans, and I'm just throwing it out here because it just hit me, and I don't want to forget this because this, it's very important that you pick this guy up because it looks like, and it, he may come back, he had the most touches and was most effective um, over Bishop Sankey um, in, in the, uh, and Terrence West in the last game. So what I'm saying is this, that, and Anthony Antonio Andrews should be picked up and sat, sat on your bench. He's on a bye, so if you have a um, roster spot, a bench spot, empty, or you you got somebody that's sitting there that's just hot garbage and you want to get rid of him, pick up Antonio Andrews, running back from the um, Tennessee Titans, and um, sit him there and see what happens because uh, you have nothing to lose. It, it, what you have on there now is hot garbage. Putting somebody who's on a bye week is not going to hurt you. So pick him up and, and, and see see what happens. Uh, it could be a, a fantasy gold that you find. Um, and uh, so you never know. Anyway, let's get back to this game. Uh, on the other side, now this vaunted – Texan defense, like a, a, a lot of people thought it would be, is not as uh, prolific as it, we thought it would be, including myself. So they can be – the offense can be moved on. I mean, the defense can be uh, um, gashed. Uh, I'm expecting Julio to have a big game. Um, the Houston um, pass defense, especially in the backside of that defense, is extremely weak. And uh, Julio is at the top of his game. Ten catches, he may get ten catches and over 100 yards in his game, um, including a touchdown. Now, the other guy, Roddy White, just like Andre Johnson, looks like an old receiver that his better days has passed. Um, And Leonard Hankerson, I talked about this guy uh, unfortunately, last week we had technical difficulties, but I talked about this guy the previous week to pick him up because it seems like he's the number two wide receiver in this um, really passing offense. So I'm thinking that uh, uh, Leonard Hankerson gets a touchdown pass from Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is a uh, definitely start here. I, I think he tosses a couple of touchdown passes quite naturally. One to Julio. And one of Leonard Hankerson, who I think is going to get about uh, 40 to 50 yards, uh, five to six catches somewhere around there with a visit in the end zone. So giving you the Leonard Hankerson as another viable option 
in the wide receiving position. If you are looking for something like that, if you haven't grabbed them already, but I think he, he he's going to do well in the wide receiver two, three, uh, three with a lot of upside to it. Wide receiver, uh, mid wide mid type of wide receiver two. Um, and Matt Bryant is always a viable um, uh, fantasy relevant kicker. And the Houston Texans have gotten rid of their kicker, Randy Bullock, for inconsistency. And Nick Novak, who's a more consistent kicker, is now the new kicker for the Houston Texans. All right, let's move on to the next game with about uh, 13 minutes left uh, of of live show. And and that would be the uh, Kansas City Chiefs visiting the hot and we uh, and, and hot and, and um, hot Cincinnati Bengals in um, Cincinnati, where the temperature is going to be about 68 degrees, uh, partly cloudy. Uh, and Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, has been super hot. So let's talk about this game here. Let's see if. Uh, um, how Kansas City is going to be able to fare against this uh, um, very good Cincinnati team. A lot of talent. They're all healthy, and they're all firing on all cylinders. And Alex Smith is going to have a – may have an issue in his game. I think he tosses a couple of touchdown passes, not to the one he threw to last last week when he threw it to Percy Harvin, who snapped that. Um, damn near two-year drought in touchdown passes to a wide receiver. I don't think that happens here. I mean, he's probably going to – I say Percy Harvin. I meant Jeremy Macklin. If he uh, throws it to Jeremy Macklin, I don't think uh, Mr. Macklin gets into the end zone. I think he's a wide receiver three in this game. I'm talking about Macklin. He, he probably gets in the low double digits, five or six catches, maybe 50, 40, 50 yards, somewhere around there. Not much of a, a, a factor. I think the, the two positions that are going to be a factor quite naturally and have been playing well would be uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, which I think he's going to be relevant in this game. Um, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals are uh, um, vulnerable against the tight end, and Alex Smith is a chick, is a short yardage quarterback where Travis Kelsey uh, – uh, um, Rooms. So I think uh, Kelsey gets a lot of targets, and I keep on saying that targets equal opportunities. Opportunities means he catches about five or six catches, 60, 70 yards, somewhere around there, and a touchdown pass from Alex Smith um, somewhere close to the end zone. And, and quite naturally, I think the same thing happens with uh, Jamal Charles. He catches a pass. Uh, Cincinnati has a pretty stout run defense. Jamal Charles gets about 60, 70 yards on the ground, and and then his does his damage in the year, catching about four or five balls for four, uh, 20, 30 yards, somewhere around there, and, and a touchdown toss. Um, on the other side of this, the Kansas City Chiefs have been extremely vulnerable against the pass. And I think that's where Andy Dalton, who's been hot, uh, extremely on fire, does the damage here. Um, I think the combination of Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill, who's been uh, somewhat, uh, including myself and uh, people in fantasy, a, a dis- disappointment 
uh, runs for about the same yardage, catches for about the same yardage, about 40, 50 yards, uh, running uh, about 20 or 30 yards in the passing department. I think they, what they do their damage in, talking about Cincinnati, is in the air. I think uh, uh, A.J. Green, who Andy, Andy Dalton has had a great rapport with recently, catches about five or six catches, somewhere around there, gets over the century mark with a visit into the end zone. I think Marvin Jones does the same thing. Like I said, Kansas City is very vulnerable against the pass, and I think um, that's how they take advantage, meaning Cincinnati over Kansas City. And and, uh, Marvin Jones, who um, is the uh, uh, Robin versus A.J. Green, who's the um, Batman, just like I talked about uh, with uh, Alan Hearns and and, um, uh, Alan Robinson, who's the Batman on that Jacksonville team, and, and Alan Hearns is the Robin. Uh, but these guys can light it up uh, respectively, and I think they both do. And le- last but definitely not least, this guy's been balling out. He's healthy, and Andy Dalton has getting the most out of him. I'm talking about the tight end in Tyler Eifert. Uh, definitely playing in this, against this Kansas City pass defense. Uh, he's going to have a good a day this weekend. All right, let's move on to – um, the next game on the list, and that would be um, the Green Bay Packers going to the San Francisco Bay to to visit the San Francisco 49ers, the hapless 49ers who've gotten who got trounced, absolutely spanked, wanked, and shanked last week. Um, it's going to go up now against the the 49ers. And a super hot Aaron Rodgers, who's just waiting because they they didn't pick him when they could have picked him in the draft. And every time he goes back to the Bay Area and plays San Francisco, he wants to light them up. Now, the last four times he vi- he played against San Francisco, visited there, he, the Packers haven't won. But we're not talking about wins and losses here. We're talking about fantasy points. So visiting. Uh, the 49ers is going to be an, a, a great day at 76 degrees. It's going to be clear, but it's not going to be clear in the air against the 49ers. I can tell you that. Aaron Rodgers is going to try to light them up. I I see him throwing for at least three touchdowns in this game. Uh, um, and, and to his touchdown machine, and a heck of a pickup by people who were able to snatch him off the waiver wire. I'm talking about James Jones, who seems like all he does is catch touchdowns, and that's all he's doing since he came back to the Packers is catch touchdowns. He's got four touch four touchdowns in three games or something like that, which is crazy. I mean, he catches touchdowns every game, and I think he does it here. San Francisco pass defense is absolutely horrible. And, and I think they take full advantage of the uh, uh, um, <clears throat> of San Francisco 49ers' uh, dilemma in the pass defense. James Jones catches the touchdown. Uh, Randall Cobb catches the touchdown. Thank you very much. Um, Devontae Adams may not be playing. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure he's not playing. Um, and if he's not playing, Ty Montgomery is a nice pickup, a nice uh, wide receiver three, possibly a flex because – 
This is Aaron Rodgers. He spreads the ball around. Every guy, everybody's going to get a little love when Aaron Rodgers is in town. Mr. Rodgers' neighborhood is always welcome when it comes to wide receivers. And um, Eddie Lacy's back to full health. He definitely run against the San Francisco 49 defense. And uh, I, I like him to run for about 40, 50, 60 yards, get a trip in the end zone, catch a couple of balls out of the backfield. Nothing too spectacular. Um, and to uh, – um, uh, uh, satisfy um, Eddie Lacy owners. Let's move on to the San Francisco side and see if, if, what the Colin Kaepernick can rebound, rebound off of the horrible uh, uh, four interception day he had last week. Colin Kaepernick's not a play. Trust me, people, do not play Colin Kaepernick in this game uh, until he proves you different. No Colin Kaepernick, no Reggie Bush. Green Bay Packers can be run on. If you're a Carlos Hyde owner, um, Carlos Hyde should have a visit into the end zone and get close to the century mark in running the football. Quite naturally, very little used in the passing game, but he is, and you're looking for points regardless of where you get him from, and I think Carlos Hyde can benefit from that. Now, because they're going to be playing from behind and Colin Kaepernick's going to be thrown. Uh, I did say don't play Colin Kaepernick, but I do say play Torrey Smith and uh, Anquan Bolden. I think both those guys are going to be fantasy relevant, one more than the other. I think Torrey Smith had a trip to the end zone um, and also get about four or five catches and about 60 to 70 yards, somewhere around there. Anquan Bolden, possession receiver, he gets targeted. Um, enough to get you uh, just just into the double digits. Uh, four or five catches, 50 to 60 yards, somewhere around there. All right, let's move on. We got four minutes left in the show. I want to try to get this done um, as close to the uh, uh, end of the show as possible. Let me put it that way. We have four games to go, and – a little more than three minutes left. Let's go to the Rams versus the Cardinals. Um, Rams versus the Cardinals would be this. Um, Todd Gurley is supposed to get more um, of a uh, involved in the offense. Uh, for those Todd Gurley owners, um, this may be a tough day for you to um, play him um, because he's going up against an Arizona defense in Arizona. Um so I, I'm I'm thinking he gets about thirty to forty yards somewhere around there, uh, maybe a couple catches out of the backfield, um, twenty yards. Um, really nothing relevant to a fantasy owner to be able to viably play. Uh, same with Trey Mason because he's going to be involved in, the, in, in into the uh, running game um, until Todd Gurley is is in the opinion of the coaching staff uh, worthy uh, and, el- and able to handle a full workload. Um, so do I play anybody in the um, in the uh, excuse me, in the uh, St. Louis side? All I'm telling you is this, I, and I'm, I'm telling two guys, pick up Brian Quick if he's not on your lineup. Uh, a roster and, and wait and see how they incorporate it. He, he's 
active first time this this year after a shoulder injury last year. And he was pretty effective last year uh, when he played. Uh, and uh, I think he could be a shot in the arm for this passing game. So pick, I'm telling you to pick up Brian Quick uh, and, and do it quick. Not to paraphrase, but – and also because of Nick Foles, who likes throwing to the tight end, uh, and Jared Cook has been effective. Uh, if you're looking for a tight end because you don't have um, Delaney Walker or Rob Gronkowski, and there's very little pickings on the waiver wire, but you're looking for one, if you don't have one, an ample backup sitting in your, on your roster, jump on, jump on, jump on Jared Cook and, and use him um, because I think he's going to be used in the passing game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, where do I start? I told you about Carson Palmer before the season started, and he hasn't disappointed me. One of the top uh, quarterbacks in fantasy uh, up until this point. I think he throws for a couple touchdowns in here. Uh, Chris Johnson and uh, David Johnson are, are supposed to be uh, going to be running the football. Andre Elton is, is supposed to be coming back, but you don't know what type of um, workload he's going to have. Uh, Chris Johnson is definitely a play here. We have a stout uh, defense in St. Louis, but they're good against the pass, not against the run, and I think they'll be able to run um, against the St. Louis Rams. But Larry Fitzgerald, I told you about Larry Fitzgerald um, beginning of the season. I still, I said when Carson Palmer was in, Larry Fitzgerald was balling, and it had it's proven right ever since the beginning of the season. Carson Palmer has trust in Larry Fitzgerald, and Fitzgerald has not let him down. Uh, along with that, Michael Floyd gets it more and more involved in the offense as he gets that much more healthy. Um, but I do like Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, um, we'll go from there. Anyway, <clears throat> let's get to the next game. I'm trying to get these games over. Uh the Vikings versus the Broncos. All right. Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of people had him on his radar as, as a breakout player. I'm not one of them. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a hard time in Denver going up against that great, great uh, Denver defense. And um, them visiting Denver is, I think, they're a, a sheep going into the Lions' den. And, and uh, the old, experienced, wildly veterans against this new, new young blood in the, um, um, uh, uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Viable play here, two of them. Adrian Peterson, quite naturally, you can never sit him, and. Contrary to most people, I don't think he gets into the end zone, but I get, I, I think he gets enough targets, especially with the Denver rush, that the uh, Kyle Rudolph will be able to, to get you double digits. Uh, hopefully, you would like for him to get into the end zone, but I think because the, the rush and Teddy Bridgewater doing the dump off, that it will get to Kyle Rudolph and he gets enough targets and opportunities to catch a, the football enough to get you double digits. So I do like, contrary to a lot of uh, so-called experts, I like Kyle Rudolph in this matchup, uh, and I would play him, especially when you don't have Delaney Walker and um, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, this would be, in my opinion, a good um, fit. On the other side, this rushing game of the Minnesota, uh, excuse me, the Denver Broncos has been suspect. 
they're still going to be pushing C.J. Anderson to uh, see if you can get him going. It's a possibility. And this, if you don't have any viable option, you got to play C.J. Anderson. Uh, I think there's a good possibility he's going to get enough opportunities to, to get uh, 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 in, a trip into the end zone and get enough yards to give you a decent um, a return, uh, not a number one pick return uh, or a high number two pick, but a decent return on your uh, uh, investment of when you drafted him. Uh, I do like the two guys that have been getting uh, uh, steady targets from um, Carson Palmer, excuse me, Carson Palmer, from uh, Peyton Manning. That would be Emmanuel Sanders and um, Demarius Thomas. And um, I really can't think of anyone else other than those two players. Um, past those two players, I should, quite naturally, you play Peyton Manning. I shouldn't even have to say that. I, in this matchup, you definitely would play Peyton, Peyton Manning. All right, we got um, two more matchups. One on Sunday night, which is in the Dome. The uh, Houston, uh, excuse me, the <laughs> Houston, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, led by uh, uh, Brandon Whedon, going to visit the uh, New Orleans Saints, who, who uh, I do believe are going to have uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Bl- Excuse me, Drew Brees back. Um, I'm happy to be suspect. You know, if you watch the game, Drew Brees got hurt. He was very, um, it looked very weak in throwing the football. He set out one week, and now he's coming back with a bruised rotator cuff. I'm not saying miracles do happen, but that that'd be one heck of a miracle that he could be that that effective against the Cowboys. Now. So I'm tempering my expectations on any of the Saint players because I'm 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 skeptical. I know it's Drew Brees, I know they're playing the Dallas Cowboys, and I know the New Orleans is home. But I have to be skeptical for the simple fact is that of the type of injury he had. The only one I can say for sure that I would play with some confidence would be Mark Ingram because I do believe Mark Ingram is going to get the football. That's what we're going to do and limit the amount of throws Drew Brees has to um, push push out of that arm and shoulder. Uh, His most consistent and um, dynamic target would be Brandon Cooks. So I would take a shot, but I would think Cooks would be a wide receiver three, maybe four, and a, or a flex, because I don't have that much confidence in – I know it's Drew Brees, but I don't have that much confidence in Drew Brees being able to pass the ball effectively for the whole game. I have to wait and see if he if he's back to Drew Brees. On the other side, been hearing rumblings, and I've talked about this guy before, I dropped him in one league, and unfortunately, somebody picked him up. But I picked him up as much as I possibly could because I do believe this would be the best option for the Dallas Cowboys. Christine Michael is supposed to get some look today. He's been running with the uh, first team um, in reps in practice over the last week. Uh, supposedly he's been, I guess he's been coached up and and prepped up enough that they feel comfortable that um, 
to put him out on the field to see how he is. The Cowboys need a a running back they can depend on, not a mismatch of Joseph Randall um, and, and uh, Lance Dunbar and Darren McFadden. They need somebody like a DeMarco Murray that they can give the football to on a consistent basis and, and not worry about whether I got to bring in a passing down, passing running back to catch the ball. Somebody who can run the football and catch the football. And if you have roster space, I'm telling you now, if he may not be there, but if he is, um, jump on him, put him on your roster to see what happens. Um, hopefully, hopefully you see some good news. If not, you have nothing to lose. He's on your bench, but you're taking the shot. I'm talking about Christine Michael. Now he's not. He's, he'll be playing in this game. I don't know how much. So I would have to think that Joseph Randall, due to what he did in the first half of last game versus what he did in the second half of last game, um, will get the first opportunity. Um, quite naturally, Lance Dunbar is involved in a passing game. Still proven different. These guys are going to be involved this week, so you have to play him. Lance Dunbar in a flex position. Uh, Joseph Randall also in a flex position. Um, and then Jason Witten, because this is Brandon Whedon, he likes to check down a lot. Um, until you see Terrence William more involved and Brandon Whedon having more confidence to push the ball down the field, Jason Witten is an every-week start without a doubt anyway, even more so with Brandon Whedon. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, – hold on, what we got? what we got going here? We got a – we got what going on here. Um, all right, Jay Cutler is expected to play, so that's going to be a, a boost to the um, Chicago defense. Um, but I still say the, the the players to play in that game, um, it, it, it's, it's, I'm holding firm on that. <clears throat> all right, let's move on to, I think, the last last but not least game, and that's the <clears throat> excuse me. The Detroit Lions visiting the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. Um, one player. I mean, you got to play these players. You know what? I'm going out on a limb here um, because I think Drake Bell's not going to be playing. Theo Riddick's going to be involved in a passing game for the most part because that's what he does. Uh, and he's a good flex play, uh, in a, especially in a PPR Um and a lot of these plays, when I tell you, they're good plays in PPR, not standard. Theo Riddick is a classic example of that. Um, he's a good play in flex in a PPR. So I like Amir Abdullah. Quick back. He's going to, can, can get involved in a passing game also, what I think he's going to do. I'm giving him a flex play uh, with high upside here to RB2. Yeah, I'm saying that. Um, and I think he, he he's going to – surprise people on Monday night. I really believe that. And, and I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm, Amir Abdullah is going to surprise people on on Monday night. The other guys that you play, you got to play because I think Detroit's going to be playing from behind. And, and uh, for the most part, um, I, I know I call for Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. I think they're going to be, it, uh, I think Detroit's going to have to pass the ball to catch up. So you play, got to play Calvin, even against that secondary, and along with Golden Tate. Um, but don't expect a lot. I don't think Calvin's going to get into, into the end zone, and neither do I think with Golden Tate. I think they just get enough double digits. 
10, 11, maybe 12 points. In PPR, in standards, a different story. But in PPR, I think they get just do enough to get double digits. So it's not going to be a typical Calvin Johnson of the past or a Calvin Johnson-less Detroit team that the, uh, Golden Tate took advantage of last year. It's not, I don't think it's going to be like that. On the other side of the ball, uh, it looks like uh, Marshawn Lynch may be a game-time decision and may not play. And that would be that Thomas Rawls would get his second opportunity to show what he can do. He ran for over 100 yards last year, last week. I think he can do also do the same thing. Now, like I said, like you know, I should say, Seattle's a running offense first pass when necessary, but they have Jimmy Graham, and they want to keep Jimmy Graham interested and involved in the offense. I think he catches his six or seven balls gets a 70, 80 yards and, and trip into the end zone. Um, and I think also Russell Wilson is a good start here, and he, he also gets a rushing touchdown. All right, people, that's it. It's it's about quarter to 12. I'm ready to get out of here, ready to enjoy the rest of this football game that's um, playing now. And I hope I've given you some information that you can use and that uh, it's going to help you uh, win your fantasy week. Because I know you, all you want to do is win. Tune in next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, when I'll be back trying to give you some more info into the fantasy world that I love. See you.